Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Flurry. I'm Christopher Wade. I'm Tyrone Selby. And we are back after another little bit of a break. Uh, sorry, we never mean for that, those things to happen, but this is a case where uh, we, met, we were going to record this two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. uh, right, like two days before, I had a personal matter come up, and Chris uh, Chris said we I can't get uh, Tyrone with me, and we talk all this for another two weekends. So mm-hmm. we'll try our hardest to avoid that in the future. But you know, real life takes priority over podcasting. But I definitely want to welcome Tyrone to the show. This has been a long time coming, and we should also, before we dive into our main topics, uh, talk about we have been up to some stuff online lately. Uh, both me and Chris. Uh, we have guest starred. You and I have each uh, recently guest starred on the podcast Sketch Watch Play. Please stand by. Full disclosure, I screwed up. I meant to say Generation Animation. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at GenAnimation and at fanoffmedia.com. Yeah, I botched that. Yeah. Um, for those who just listened to us, that is where Tyler, our guest on the Marvel episode, came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I was brought on just as a spur of the moment thing to, to talk the first quarter or so of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. My first time watching that. Really good. And then they reached out and said, Chris, you can pick something. We both come on. And Chris had a good recommendation that we've been meaning to talk about for a while, which is Samurai Jack as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. The last season and uh, the show in general, which was really fun. Um, though I think everybody agreed we, we kind of dominated the conversation. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still a fun episode. And they said we'll probably guest star again in the future but just individually and also uh chris you you also mentioned this on on the uh episode you put out a little passion project recently yeah um i've been working on a little animated uh film called the will of monsters um it's it's about two scarecrows who meet up with a, a young untalented witch and they have to survive not only a giant flock of crows but also each other and mm-hmm. it was it was hard <laughs> putting it together. Uh, yeah. It's like forty minutes long. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a lot of a lot of trial and error. Uh, I can go into a giant story about uh, how um, it's essentially a reboot of my first run I did on YouTube. Yes, I um, remember those. But essentially, it was me going back and uh, tackling a lot of weaknesses that I had in uh, story development, storyboarding, and also sound design because that. Mm-hmm. That's where I really felt the the original version on YouTube was was particularly uh, kind of that that that's where I felt the issues were uh, were in the first version. So I decided to go back and give it another shot. Yeah, and you voiced the two main scarecrows in it. I did, and that was also difficult. <laughs> I, I, I I think I told you like even just unbiased friend. I thought it was really awesome. Um, oh, thanks. And is it is it public on Vimeo? It's um, I'm going to make it pu- I'm, I'm going to make it public in a few days again. OK, so, people yeah. try looking up the Will of Monsters in a couple of days after this on mm-hmm. Vimeo. I'll link you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tyrone, uh, I just wanted to ask, um, since it's your first time on the show, like what are some of your general like uh, geekdoms? Uh, I know that's putting you on the spot, but. So you um, mentioned Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, one of my all time favorite animes. It's great. Um, um, along with uh, working with Chris with The Will of Monsters, um, I also have my own webcomic and comic and print Elements of Light. That's right. Which is very um, anime-based or anime-inspired. Uh, it's about an, two alchemists in a world of magic trying to create fake magic. Um, so, you know, magic 
pretty much is commonplace um, on this planet, um, but only certain people physically have the ability to use it. And so for those people who don't have the talent for it or the actual innate uh, like to, um, well, trait for it, I guess, yeah. If they can't, if they can't uh, bend, basically. Yeah, correct. Um, the, the normal peep, uh, people, um, they supposedly would need some kind of alchemy to, to help make life easier, uh, such as like you won't need to have a gas stove. You can have a rock in your your frying pan that can help you cook. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. I love the uh, look of it. Very fantastical. Um, but we, we we got a lot of things to discuss today. Uh, yeah, I, maybe technically more than ever. At, le- at least like yeah, we did the Marvel movies. We didn't say like let's talk about everyone. Um, so one of the first things I want to say here is I've got a little egg timer here that we're gonna try and time ourselves ourselves for each mm-hmm. segment of. So let's get started with the one the current media this is one I've you know I've been dying to talk about uh, and I think Tyrone as well as producer I say what comes next mere mortals cannot stop how do I beat him you can't it just is two kicks ass <laughs> the- Man, I'm, I'm probably the only one that's going to be out of this conversation. I mean, I'll be, well, I'll be tagging in here and there, but... You've seen it. You've seen it all. Uh, actually, I should also mention, Kristen Serena joined uh, a couple of my other friends at a birthday party at my place a few weeks ago. My birthday mm-hmm. was in late May. Uh, so you watched a little bit of it. Um, but from what Ty- I, t- Go ahead. From what I saw of it, it's really fun looking. Like, even the story mode. Uh, I, I, even the story version in Warner Brother games, like Mortal Kombat and, and, and Justice, they've always had, like... Uh, I felt they've always had pretty intriguing stories. This is the best story mode I've ever seen in a fighting game. Oh, and I already cool. thought that the first Injustice in Mortal Kombat 10 had some good ones too, because it's the same mm-hmm. guys, Nether Realm. Tyrone, have you played some of it? Um, I did not get a chance to play through the story mode. I just went through the versus mode and pretty much just ran through each character and just wanted to see what their skill sets were yeah. and you know see what the fighting styles were for each of the characters. Um, it's a decent sized roster too. A lot of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. Someone for everyone. Do you have any mains? Um, I would say that um, the one that I kind of clung to. Ooh! Right now, I'm leaning towards Green Arrow and Joker. Green Arrow has apparently been a fan favorite, from what I hear. He's at um, Yeah, I'm digging that they bought in Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For for the roster, not necessarily for my favorite as far as using, but I just I'm glad that they bought him in. Yeah. For the oh, cast. you a fan of him as a character? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we don't get to ever since Young Justice. Uh, I wanted to see more of him mm-hmm. and see more of his character um, and let him grow as a young Justice League or Teen Titan mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah. The Justice rosters make some deep cuts. Like, I had never heard of Firestorm or Atrocitus, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem like interesting characters. And also, um, going to the, uh, mentioning this story, but I, I guess I won't dwell on like, spoilers or anything other than it's really fun. Uh, great voice acting and facial animation. Like, Definitely. Big like, step Har- up over the first game and just great in general. Yeah, um, Har- Harley Quinn looks like Tara Strong. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the voice actors did awesome. facial mocap, so it's probably intentional. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, uh, Matthew Mercer, who played uh, Deadshot, he said they had him do mocap even though he was wearing a mask the whole time. Oh, wow. Which, means, which might mean they'll do a DLC or new gear where he's unmasked. Um, okay. But there's, there's actually a lot of good voice actors in it. 
I get Kevin Conroy back, best Batman voice actor ever. Mm-hmm. They also got the same people from Justice League for Superman and Wonder Woman. That's um, cool. They got Carrie Payton back for Cyborg, uh, same guy who voices him in Teen Titans. Um, didn't you tell me that the guy who plays Freddy Krueger is the guy who plays Scarecrow? Yes, Robert Gantz awesome. plays Scarecrow, yeah. and he's really cool. Alan Tudyk is Green Arrow. Oh, cool. From Firefly and like every Disney movie. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, and a lot of, you know, other good voice actors, Tara Strong, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, like just people who you and I would know and others might even know without even their names. Um, and it, the character diversity and their abilities, because it's, it's very cool, like the circle button on PS4, they all have unique uh, kind of passive abilities, like buffs mm-hmm. or alternate modes or rechargeable moves, uh, which mm-hmm. adds to the variety. I love the... Uh, the way the meter burn works to power up individual moves or do that awesome, that super flashy yeah. super move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, power, are, the, the super power moves are really, really cool. Some of them just get so crazy. Like Supergirl th- th- flies someone around the sun and then laserized them through a bunch <laughs> of meteors. I, I did a match where all you guys were over with uh, her and Harley. And when it was over, I was just like, oh, walk it off, Harley, walk it off. Because she just gets mm-hmm. up from it. It's like, whatever. Um, one, one of the things that I was really impressed with, because um, I've always wanted to like Aquaman but Mm -hmm. Aquaman has always um, as fans want to like him he's always been kind of a oh but he talks to fish you know how cool can that be Mm -hmm. but I did love his like his uh, special ability in the game it was just like oh that that was rough Mm -hmm. I like that (laughs) super move yeah 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 um I actually he's, he's another one I like uh, in both one and two I, I enjoy his his moves um, mm. and also the, I, the gear system is pretty neat the big the one thing they're big that they're touting is the new which is kind of like on a loot equipment system for each character because they also get leveled up and such yeah um, one neat thing they're doing which I love for like uh, replay value is the multiverse where it's not just outside of the story mode on a traditional arcade ladder even though that is there but a bunch of timed rotating events with different factors and rewards um, and and you know they've already we already know they're doing traditional fighter DLC. I think Red Hood comes out tomorrow. They've also confirmed Starfire and Sub Zero, um, and and like six others. But they've also been doing uh, gear DLC for free as part of multiverse events because they just did a Wonder Woman movie event. You can okay. each event unlocks a bit of the movie outfit. By the way, that's I saw cool. Wonder Woman yesterday. It's quite good. Um, okay. I have to say that and. I think that's a, that's also going to be really cool for a lasting appeal because um, I've seen a lot of some people complaining about some of the designs because like Joker and Harley, you can tell they redesigned them with Suicide Squad in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure people would be happy if you could unlock like a classic Joker or Harley outfit. Um, mm-hmm. Though I, I don't mind either. I actually do prefer Harley's look in this to the first Injustice. I'm kind of uh, um, uh, I've been hearing it's it's weird because I've never been really quite the fan of Harley Quinn outside of the cartoons. Yeah, um, and like seeing her like. And from what I what I've heard, like her going out on her own, like stepping away from the Joker, and you know, um, and she's a good guy actually, in this. Yeah, being uh, becoming a good guy, like her being tethered to Joker was one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I loved it as a kid, and over the years, like she stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him with all the bad shit, and she obviously had a conscience. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, um, and she felt a certain she felt a certain way about it. Uh, and and writers of her comics like put little details where it's like maybe she does feel weird about it. Maybe she knows that she's you know that this is really um, this is a, oh this is, uh, this is a life or death situation for her, and she's actually afraid of him. And now that I'm seeing that come to light, and she's you know stepping away, 
I feel I feel a lot better about her character. Yeah, so, it's, it's so actually like, I, I, the idea of her actually being a good guy. And this is pretty fun. It does still touch on how she still has like some murderous instincts. Um, yeah, and they get Joker out in one scene because he's he's dead in the Injustice timeline at the start of the first game. Mm-hmm. So all you, he does in the story mode is uh, Scarecrow, fear toxins, Harley, and she hallucinates Joker like uh, being abrasive. But then she fights back. So I think that's mm-hmm. something Chris would appreciate. Um, and there are a lot of other like uh, characters who show up briefly, but I think are interesting. Like Swamp Thing's a fun character to play as. I keep forgetting Swamp Thing is Swamp part. Thing is part of the. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I forget that he's part of DC. Mm-hmm. His moves are a little unorthodox, but I, I enjoy playing as him. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, a lot of additional Batman characters. Actually, oh, I really like I really like Robin in this. It's uh, the Damian Wayne version, and he has like a sword and uh, like mm-hmm. mind batarangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catwoman's pretty fun too. She's all about the melee and the whip, and she's voiced by Greg Delisle, which is always nice. Um, mm-hmm. Going and- back to to Harley Quinn, one of the things that I definitely appreciated with I with her being a, a quote unquote hero, um, I can take that or take it or leave it. But I want to see more of her dynamic, like we said, with Joker or even like Poison Ivy. And when you're playing the the multiplayer, you actually get bits and pieces of Harley Quinn's uh, past relationship with Poison Mm -hmm. Ivy. I love that in the Justice games, when you do a, a... A match. The characters have specific conversations they say to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it's that. such a cool way. There's so much personality to the game. Yeah. Um, it really embraces. And we're coming up. We're about to run out of time. But That's fine. It's it's just the story mode is a better DC movie than most DC movies. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it has a bunch of characters who haven't even gotten movie representation. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least not good ones yet. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, and I do appreciate that you can unlock the uh, Phil Lamar, um, what's his name, John Stewart. Because mm. there are a bunch of character skins that aren't just visual. They have different voice actors and dialogue. Oh. Uh, like there's Power Girl for Supergirl. Uh, Mr. Freeze for Captain Cold. I feel like it should have been the other way around because yeah. it was Captain Cold. Um, oh, Vixen for Cheetah, which I got mm-hmm. because I love Vixen's design way more than Cheetah's. Um, and just that some, like, like I said, we, they had some out of nowhere uh, character roster, like Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla um, Grodd was a surprise. The it red is, uh, you said Atrocitus. He's the Red Lantern, right? Yes. With a, ca- with a ne- floating cat. Yeah, that always weirded me, uh, weirded me out. I'm like, what's the deal with the cat? It's from That's the comics, Dexstar. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, it's just like when you look at Rocket Raccoon comic or Howard the Duck. Comics can get weird. Mm. <laughs> I, I can imagine. <laughs> just mass media adaptations are only embracing the weirdest more, and now that they have the clout for it. Yeah, and he, uh, the red guy throws up blood when he fights you. That's always weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's also. It's also. I think the is. Uh, Tyrone, do you read any of the comics? Um, I have read very, very few of the comics. So okay, certain you little, little tropes like the cat, um, you know, kind of went over my head. I was like, I was well, mainly trying to I'm figure sure that's out. the thing that someone else knows about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm mainly trying to figure out because I know, like, the different color lanterns are based on different emotions. So green is courage. Uh, Sinestro, who was in the first game, yellow is fear. And I One think red is, is supposed to be rage, judging by what Hatrosis does to how Jordan. I know violets the are love. Um, blue is hope. Um, yeah, they touched that on a lot in the Green Lantern animated series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I didn't watch that, but uh, yeah, we're, it was we're, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it was. Um, it was just unfortunately tied to the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, we were we have I think we've just gone over time. So uh, real quick, yeah, Chris, you also want to talk a little bit about Breath in the Wild? Yeah, some more of it. 
Okay, uh, I beg no apologies for the fact that I don't play the game well, like at all. Like, it's hard. No, I, I run around and I do uh, the most insane goddamn thing I can think of. <laughs> like not putting on clothes. Like, I'm still running around naked. But um, I got to the point where uh, I met um, the Zoran Prince pretty recently. Um, oh, Sexy and- Shark Man? Yeah, Sexy Shark Man. And actually, uh, on my way there, actually... <laughs> <laughs> You're not. <laughs> you're, you're surprised by sexy shirt man. I'm not surprised by sexy shirt man. That's what makes me laugh. Um, I'm running around, um, uh, heading up to his temple or or his kingdom or whatever, and I uh, I up and say fuck it. I have to go back and get some more heart containers because I completed some puzzles, and I went all the way back to like the training area, and once I got them, once I prayed up, got my heart got my heart container. I see a dragon like floating along a bridge yeah. and I'm like, I want to go there. How'd and that I just, go? That didn't go well. I, I, I assumed. Because <laughs> uh, I got onto the bridge. I'm waiting for the dragon. I, um, I get, get the shit handed, um, get my shit handed to me by two lizard men and I fall off the bridge. I climb back up the bridge, find some flowers that you got to like, tra- that you got to like follow and, uh, and wake up the little teehee, you found me guys. Oh, the Koroks. And, yeah. And I fall off the bridge again. On the fourth time I fall off the bridge, the dragon shows up, and me and Serena are watching him just like fly by. Or it's it was like a genuine Miyazaki moment. Yeah, at, it's pretty. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And then the electric balls kind of showed up, and then I died. So it was less gorgeous at the end. Yeah, less. Uh, do you, have you have you heard what the reward for getting every Korok seed is? Uh, no. What is the reward? There's, I think there's like literally like over 900 of them. Yeah, because they're used to expand your inventory when you meet up with this big Korok. If you yeah. get all of them. I, I, this is not a joke. He gives you a golden t- Korok turd. It does not do anything. Oh. It is just like a troll. I don't like that. Yeah, don't try and get every Korok. Yeah, that pisses me off. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's okay. That's so a letdown. This is not my style of game. Um, but, of course, uh, Serena has been playing it and Chris has been playing it. So, naturally, I have to now play it because I need to see what. And, of course, all the interwebs have been blowing up about Breath of the Wild, and it's undeniably gorgeous. So I'm like, okay, I'll play it. It's not my style of game, so I'm already going into it like I'm going to hate it, but it's pretty as hell. Yeah. I am, um, I've said, as I said before, I am disappointed by the de-emphasis on story compared to previous Zeldas, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's one of the best, like, feudal open world just experimentation and exploration games as I've ever played like it really Nintendo was not lying when they said this is about freedom this is about exploration discovery yeah. and and yeah. just what that brings and, uh, mission and accomplished in that regard going to be the blasphemy that I'm going to Uh-oh. say all over <laughs> the podcast is I do not like open world Okay, I want a trail to follow point mm-hmm. me that way do not let me go anywhere else. I just want to go where you tell me to go because I don't want to fight anything I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I don't want to go to some random place and then have to like, I'm supposed to be all the way in DC and I end up in China and now I have to walk all the way back to DC <laughs> to like pray to this person and I'm all the way off the West Bubblefuck beaten path. Like, the West Bubblefuck? That's correct. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Nintendo has said they're very likely to make open world the standard for home Zelda's now. 
well, I mean, there's a reason why I haven't touched Nintendo for the past five years until <laughs> five days ago. So <laughs> I got, I, I gotta say, like Zelda's has never really been my kind of my kind right. of game either. Uh, but I do love open world, and I love it yes, when I can. I love it when I can do what do whatever the hell I want. And my favorite stuff. thing is that you could there's there's usually in a good open world game there's usually always something interesting around the corner in terms of side quests or collectibles like it keeps you busy and it keeps you occupied. I like that. Yeah, I I recently uh, decided to go towards Hyrule Castle, and oh. you're not supposed to go there at all. Not, no, <laughs> that not for a long time. You do everything you're supposed to. The game outright warns you, hey, don't do that. You're going to get wrecked. <laughs> you're, uh, you're conf- you seem like you're confident because you ain't wearing any clothes. But let's be serious. Don't do that. And I'm like, I'm going to go do it. And yeah. I die like four times fighting a lightning mage guy. I try to sneak around all the guardians and they zap the shit out of me. Um, I, I get a horse killed. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was, uh, we were sad. That's a shock, a shock for people who don't <laughs> know that's a thing in the game now. It is a thing. I also got my first horse killed. I was very sad. And I mourned him. And then I almost, oh, oh, so random thing. I was like really excited. I was so, so damn excited. Mm -hmm. I almost caught a skeleton horse. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We mentioned those. Like, I was like, what is that? I want it. And then um, I just so I was getting its loyalty. I kept patting it and feeding it apples and blase, blase. And I happened to get off for a second so I can go get a flower or something that was oh on the ground and I turned around and just walking away and I'm just like no wait get get your bony ass back over here Mm-mm. and then it disappeared it never so, liked you it, it, no no mm-hmm. it lied to me okay it has no so, heart yeah mm-hmm. I think that this is a, it Breath of the Wild is a very fun game to talk just to talk about because mm-hmm. of all the crazy factors in it um, and I think we actually do need to move on to our uh Big topic, which is a lot of things to talk about. Though I do need to render first, so give me one minute. So we're, this is another big retrospective we're taking on because it's not just one show. It's many shows in a very long-lasting and iconic franchise, that being a little thing called Transformers. Oh, um, boy. But Transformers, this might surprise people. We we're basically discussing everything but the original cartoon. Uh, per mm-hmm. Chris's request, did you guys not grow up with the original? Um, I didn't catch the original that often, and I don't know uh, that much about G1 to really, ta- to really talk about it. Like, I know the mainstays. I know Optimus, I know Bumblebee and Megatron, I know uh, there's Unicron and Starscream, mm-hmm. and and they're all fighting on Earth to uh, resur- uh, to either resurrect Cybertron or to find mechanical or spiritual right. electronic MacGuffins yeah. to, um, but, to, to help the war along between yeah, but I, but I guess, Yeah, Fox. the reasoning behind this is, like... We should. Do you want to pick something you didn't really have experience with uh, growing mm-hmm. up? So I guess all th- because Transformers has just been such a massive franchise. There's so many different iterations of it in TV alone. There's also comics, games, movies, but that's a story for another day. Um, mm-hmm. But so I guess we should probably start with. Uh, I guess it was. I'm gonna just set the timer so we uh, can have time to talk about all of this. This is one we're pri- prioritizing. Um, the, I guess this is the first one each of us saw, that being Beast Wars. Yeah. Yes! That, that was actually my first uh, real, genuine experience with Transformers. Yeah. This was me and uh, Patrick. This was our only real Transformers childhood uh, 
something that we were invested in. Even then, we only saw several episodes, but we did have uh, some of the toys. Because mm-hmm. um, we, I, I, we each got our favorite Autobot. I got Rhinox, Patrick got Cheetor. And, oh, man, you were lucky. And I think um, we owned the Ant Predacon. I can't remember his name. And maybe mm. one other. He's not in the first. Because for most of these, we watched the first two episodes for this, epi- for, mm-hmm, for this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're lucky because, I mean, I only... Um, my household only had enough money for one franchise at a time. So it, if it wasn't Tiny Toons, it had to be Power Rangers. Oh, and if yeah, it wasn't Power, Power Rangers, Rangers then, then, um, uh, and then it had to be something else. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, can I have toys? You can only get one. Yeah. I'm so like, something interesting oh. about Beast Wars, it's technically a sequel to the original show. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not the same group of robots, even though you know Optimus Primal is very similar. But it's long after, and I think the idea is that they accidentally time travel to prehistoric Earth or something like that. So, yeah. Well, to my understanding, Beast Wars was the prequel to everything. Oh, because it's it's because it's before it's, it's dinosaurs. There were, there, there are the no time warp things, but I think the idea is the time period they originally came from is after the original. So it is. And it isn't. And so so it was in the future. Yes and no. I it, it's the same timeline, same universe. Let's just okay, go with okay, that. Okay. But um, it's an interesting. So the idea is the uh, a group of of Autobots and Decepticons crash land on this planet. Um, mm-hmm. Is it because of the Energon? Like Energon's like the most valuable mineral resource in most Transformer stuff. It's this like sparkly crystal stuff. Uh, they find out that the robot form uh, will will suffer damage to prolonged exposures, so they adopt the local like life forms. So the yeah, Autobots become that. what is it the uh, I know in the, the Decepticons become the Predacons. Uh, and then Autobots became... Maximals. Uh, Maximals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were offsets of Autobots and, De- right. and Decepticons. And mm-hmm. it, it is funny, because um, the characters are the thing I'll, I definitely want to talk about with the show. One, uh, there are a lot of uh, voices in this that I recognize because it's it's a bunch of Canadian actors, a lot, but a lot of ones who were on that original dub of DBZ before Funimation mm-hmm. took over. I remember. Uh, uh, wasn't wasn't the guy who played Cheetor? Wasn't it was Goku. Goku at some point? You can, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can totally hear Goku in his voice. Um, mm-hmm. And Scott McNeil, who voiced both Rat Trap and Dinobot, was Piccolo. Yes. Those um, are my favorite guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just the thing. I thought I was remembering what I did about the characters. I thought I was like Rat Trap was going to get on my nerves. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Cheetor did. He's like a little too trying too hard to be hip and and yeah. rebellious. Uh, Cheetor Cheetor was the go to. If I if I'm an average American boy who wants who wants toys, I would want the cool cheetah. He's I'm Michelangelo. Like, no. I want the dinosaur. <laughs> I, I I liked Rhinox. Uh, was pretty good. I like he's kind of like the wise, calm one of the bunch. Um, yeah, but also, I do want to talk about oh, the big voice actor I love in this. Uh, Megatron's voice in this is fantastic. It is this. Me- oh my god. Okay. Do so you know who it is? We're 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 all under we're all under the understanding that that uh, that Frank Welker plays a, a magnificent Megatron original, in Transformers yes. Prime and the originals, but. Whoever did Megatron in Beast Wars, I it, forget his name. No, it's David Kay, who was also Clank. He was Hank? No, Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet, he was Clank and Ratchet and Clank? Yes. A lot of range on that. that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll come back to that. He's fantastic. Uh, he is fantastic in Beast Wars. Like, his his crazy uh, borderline madness yeah. monologues are just the best. And he always start, and always end them off with, yeah. Yes. The main thing I remember is yeah. the yes. Like, oh, he's relishing in his evilness. I'm like, um, yeah. But the most interesting character overall, 
and one I know that fans love is a one Dinobot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I mean, he's basically the Starscream template, kind yeah. of, which yeah. is that he's, he's kind of the right-hand man who, but instead of just trying to overthrow Megatron, he's, I think the idea is he constantly flip-flops allegiances. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the first episode, he leaves, and there's this really nice thing where he, he challenges uh, Optimus to a duel on this, like, bridge. Um, yeah. And but you kind of find out he has a code. Um, Optimus almost falls off, but he has an attack then, and he says um, that would be a dishonorable way. If I'm going to beat you, it has to be by my own hand. Yeah. And then uh, Optimus saves him. At the end, he saves him from Megatron. And then says we're even at this point. Right. Yeah. That's he, that's one of one of the strongest things about Beast Wars, and I know like I know like a lot of um, Transformers enthusiasts may, don't like Beast Wars or even even worse Beast Machines that um, that much. But seeing that character dynamic with Dinobot, Dinobot for me made the show. Yeah, he's the like, best. He's the best part yeah, writing and, wise. Yeah, and the spider and Black Widow, uh, Black Arachnid, Black Arachnid. Yeah, or, she, she was wasn't in the opening episode. Anti heroes kind of a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, what was I getting at? But yeah, I, I didn't know it was that unpopular. I thought it was one of the more popular Transformers shows. But um, it, it, uh, no, I, oh. I, every now and then I'll meet a Transformer. I do want to say. Who, Visuals very dated. Um, characters look all right, but the environments look like a PS2 game at it, best. Well, uh, it, it was a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. We talked it, about that when we mentioned like the Rayman show and Donkey Kong and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, they gave the best they had. It was the same people who did Reboot, which is another good show, but it also looks dated. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I also thought the uh, constant electric guitar was a little over the top with the soundtrack. But there, there were two things that made Beast Wars. For the people who love it, this is the reason why they love it. And the people who hate it, this is to my theory as to why they hated it. Mm. There were two reasons. One, there were no people. Two, there were no cars. Oh. So it's it's just really anti-staple Transformers, even though as a story, it was a really amazing story with an amazing cast because mm-hmm. Beast Wars I felt like had the best overall cast because everyone had their own quirks character and their yes. own quirks versus tropes oh, yeah I didn't get the, I was watching enough to see the all the uh, Predacons be distinct but you can tell immediately the four different uh, Maximals like they're they're very different from each other yeah uh, the yes, closest is Optimus and Rhinox but Rhinox is a little more calm and like yeah. and reserved and just a, kind of a mentor almost um, there were times when you can tell that certain characters just weren't uh, weren't matching or weren't doing well either in mm-hmm. a toy department or, or would they be written or, out or, yeah or yeah or, or even the focus testing or whatever like um uh, Tiger Bot and the Owl uh, Maximal. Mm-hmm. Like I, f- I forget the Owl Maximal, but they, they were like the Indian. Yeah, they were like a. Uh, they, they had like a very like strong kinship. Yeah, but honestly, they were they were they were very one note characters. Yes, they were. They, they, they didn't have like a lot of uh, right. uh, a lot of dynamics between any of the other characters besides themselves. You know who I also remember that stuck with me just because of how he talked was Waspinator. But I did want to say, because you brought this up, everyone is a reason divisive. I think this spoiled my view of Transformers because I prefer to be just robots and not humans, uh, which I think we're going to get to with some of the other shows. I had no, I, I, once I watched Beast Wars and then, see, I was ignorant because I'm four years after Chris. Mm-hmm. And so Beast Wars was my first interaction of quote unquote. Transformers. No, me too. Me and my brother. So then 
I got to know the the staple Transformers, and I'm like, why the hell are all these humans here? <laughs> yeah, because that's how everything else is. Beast Wars is kind like, of an exception. Why why is this important? It's and, uh, not. It, it's always a hindrance. It, it, um, from what I uh, and especially the movies. Double, double backing with the yes. tra- yeah, right. And double backing with the original Transformers, and even with the movies. Um, the reason why uh, I found that people didn't like Beast Wars growing up or even liking it now when they have to go back and check it out on stream is that these aren't the original guys. These no. aren't Optimus. This isn't the, um, the legendary Megatron. It's Transformers it's op- the Next Generation. Yeah. Correct. And that's why people kind of uh, like, um, kind of just wrote it off like, this isn't the sequel to Transformers that I wanted. Wow. I wanted actual Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime, of course. I skipped the original Transformers as a kid and jumped right into Beast Wars because holy shit, it's 3D <laughs> animals. <laughs> I mean, this looks like they, they took that idea from Big, where Tom Hanks was like, "Well, they turned like bugs and animals instead." <laughs> and I'm like, um, "I'm like, this looks like reboot." Holy shit, they're the same group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there were things that didn't quite work with Beast Wars, uh, um, but there were still times when I was like, "I don't give a shit about these things that don't work." Because the show is so strong on its own. Yeah, it's there, it, there the kind def- of show it is. There's some clear effort put into it. Yeah, there was, the there was, and there were definite arcs and and like raises um, and rises in tension where where you thought it was supposed to be like a filler episode when mm-hmm. Cheetor has to go prove himself or something. Uh, then you find out that well, Megatron's going to shoot the moon. Right, right. <laughs> we we do need to move on, but let's touch on Beast Machines real quickly because I watched the first episode yeah. of that. That's apparently an even more divisive show because that is Absolutely. a much more darker show from what I saw. Were, were there were there were fans of Beast Wars when Beast Machines came along? It's it took such a it took it took such turn. a hard left <laughs> um, yeah. that people so, were like. They're organic now, or well, they're, they're the visuals got a huge upgrade. Like yeah, the environments are lighting way better. The op, the the the, predator, the no, the Maximals get new uh, models at the end of the first episode. It's like man, like the, you took you you the, the couple of years in between did you some good. Yeah, Optimus Prime actually looks like a gorilla, not, <laughs> and not like plastic and stuff. They all mm-hmm. they all look pretty better, and they all like Rat Trap is more like lean and sinewy. It kind of fits his personality more than just a normal rat. Yeah, um, so it's really interesting because uh, Beast Machines, um, so they go back to Cybertron, from mm-hmm. what I remember. Yeah, we can't do uh, on it too long, but go ahead. And and so it it seemed as though they now that these machines are back on their machine planet, now everything became spiritual based, and it's like. What? what it apparently like does together. tackle a lot of heavier and more surreal themes. It was uh, de- yeah. it was definitely more spiritual in it, and yeah, the themes were a little bit more heavy. That's it was- why it's more divisive because like it's not the same mood as Beast Wars. It is darker, and that's obviously a give or take thing with Beast. Yeah, there were things that I did like about Beast Machines though, and I, I, I did like the visual upgrade. Oh. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, I'm, are you frozen? He's frozen. Oh, there he is. Okay. There we go. Um, I didn't now. hate Optimus Prime's, uh, yeah, I didn't like Optimus Prime's weird uh, yoga uh, kind of meditation guru kind mm-hmm. of deal that he that he turned into. Like, everyone must be at peace and look within themselves. I'm like, so you're, are you going to scream maximize? Right. <laughs> Come right. on. This is the wrong monologue. <laughs> no, it changed to I am transform. Not as catchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But okay, we need to we do need to move on. Um, 
it's gonna get ugly now where it's time to talk about the 2001 robots in disguise anime which this is one night that seems to come and go and not many people talk about and rewatching the first two episodes like yeah there's a good reason uh this is shit here's uh here's problem number one that i had immediately within the first five minutes of watching transformers robots in disguise your ginormous ass robot on Cybertron. <laughs> Who are you disguising from? You're, you're talking about 2015 and not 2001. No. Okay, so these are two different these titles. Are two yeah, different, the same 2001 title. is, is, is the yeah. anime with like the other yeah. product con- <laughs> Did you did you watch that one at all, Tyrone? I, I watched 2001 earlier this morning. Man, we got we, holy shit! Is that bad? We got to talk about this. It's oh, bad from the, the first. Other bad ones. See, yeah, that's bad from the first ro- two seconds. Skies, sorry to interrupt. Robots in the skies came uh um, came on during. Uh, four kids uh, right. takeover of no 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 it was yeah. Fox, it was Fox Kids <laughs> it, it came during um, during a big Pokemon boom yes and once that showed up and there was a lot of weird shitty choppy production values going into it but it looks awful uh, um, it's, it's so funny like it almost looks bad. like a throwback to like bad eighties cartoons like Field Trips in terms of its production value like there's in the first episode you see there's a shot of Megatron he's supposed to be walking from behind through mm-hmm. a city but he's just sliding you're still hearing thump, <laughs> thump. and they also do a bunch of shitty split screen like uh, the main kid uh, Koji or something which is like the humans are the most archetypal anime one oh one designs it's kind of jarring and silly but um, was, it's like he's, there were so many this um, that anime is is the very first time ever that I've ever said Optimus Prime looks like shit. Oh, I yeah, so does, so does Megatron. Uh, they give Megatron, like, lips. Um, yeah. And, yep. the, like, but also, like, just even the editing, because, like, in the first episode, they keep reusing a shot of the kid, Koji, just, he's sitting in Optimus Prime, and they do a screen-in-screen thing where it's just him. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and then it cuts to, like, like three times, just oh, staring oh. blankly, like, four, it's, for seconds. He's sitting, yeah, because he's sitting in a chair, and 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 Optimus is like, I have to put you in the back, and it's not the original Optimus Prime's right, voice. So it's right. all, there are no no returning voice actors in this. Yeah, I, I'm not sure who it was, but it was. Uh, uh, okay, I, I'll get on that in a second. But Optimus is like, I got to put you in the back, and you see a shot of the kid just getting like, like tweened back, and then this, the, like John said, the screen itself, like like Shrinks. like a comic book frame, this scales back into yeah. Optimus There's not even a border. There's like nothing stylistic life. about it. It's just lazy. <laughs> um, and even, the, even like, it's it's a lot of new Transformers. And they, and they suck. Like, the Predacons, there's, like, gas skunk. And there's, like, a flying squirrel. Um, the yeah. one thing I remember from the commercials is a land shark eating a truck. Because uh, apparently there's this one female character who keeps popping up, and her entire gimmick is that they keep eating her vehicles. Yeah, yeah. That That's what got me, too. Okay, so it's one of the Autobots is driving, right? Mm-hmm. And he, see, he has this weird obsession with good-looking cars. So he drives up to this girl who's in a good-looking car. And he's like, hey, baby, I like your chassis. It's a, you've, got, you've got a magnificent-looking transmission there. And she's there. like, oh, he's talking to my car. And as an adult... As an adult, you're hearing this. You're like, what? What? Right. What, are you, what are you saying on this children's cartoon? Right. And and like his older brother, Autobot, shove, like rolls up. And he's like, hey, you better stop that, or else I'll, I'll give you a lead pipe or something. <gasps> and I'm like, what? No. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening on this four kid show? Saban, actually. This is. Oh. I, I think it's the same group who dubbed like Digimon. Um, yeah, yeah, because Mimi from Digimon was in that. That she, she was. She was that woman. It, yeah, she's that woman, and uh, and she and as that woman, she's driving along in that good-looking car that this Autobot is hitting on. She's like, 
why is this motherfucking car talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and it's I'm, so dumb. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, see, when I'm in my car, I don't hear other people yelling at me. All I hear is lips moving. Why aren't you doing that? I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. There is a squirrel on the road. Fuck you. There are two <laughs> other things I want to discuss. Uh, one, this show apparently premiered on September 9th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, two days after it premiered, they had to scramble to like edit and rewrite a bunch of episodes with like property yeah. destruction. Yeah, it was. So it got, it was, a, it was an already bad show getting, like, hacked to hell. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. also, Chris, I'm sorry, but uh, Optimus introduces the girl who runs their headquarters, who is a holographic anime girl. Yes. Named there was a hol- Ty. There, there was a holographic and I was thinking of headquarters, you. And there's a girl that was a holographic, and uh, I don't like you for making that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Colin. He's the one who started it. I don't like it. you. I, I, I hate, back to holographic wife. I hate this conversation. I do not have a holographic wife. I don't want one either. I'm just saying, though. I'm just but saying. I gotta bring this up. <laughs> have you, I, I, for a lot of these characters and shows, I looked at the Transformers like Wikia. Um, it is the most tongue-in-cheek fan wiki I've ever seen because for this girl's character page, all her image captions are lines from Spaceballs. Oh. Oh, God. And uh, I, I wrote this down. I copied this because this is in the trivia for this character, uh, word for word. So we're Ty- talking space balls with Rick Moranis? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, the movie. The- okay. Yeah. Okay. All lines like, never show this again, and or, she's gone from suck oh. to blow. And just, but okay, no, listen. This is from this is a, a paragraph from the trivia for this character, Ty. Ty oh, quietly weeps, weeps through the entirety of the end credit sequence of the Japanese version of the series. Why is she oh. crying? Is it because Optimus is slowly coming to run her over? Is it because the end credit song is ponderously po- poetic? Is it because she sees how Sakara Tomi will turn into a van service character in future merchandise? We oh, may never know. Oh, God. Oh, no. This, this sh- is horrible. I hate... I hate this this show is so bad now, yeah here's here's my thing because so transformers had um i went through the wikipedia i did a bunch of lore researching i'm a big story driven guy and so i went through the, the 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 lore and everything and the lore is really good like there are a lot of different sub factions besides autobots and decepticons mm. and and it's like, okay, where do all of these sub-factions of Transformers fit in into this war and everything? Mm-hmm. But you never see it. I, you don't get any of that in this show, really. Just a little bit no, of setup. You don't get it in any show except for Beast Wars. But you get the you get the shark, you get the flying shark robot. That Land like, shark. Yeah, yeah. He shows oh. up and he's like a street shark, and Jossum. and like he and, and he hates. All right, so Optimus Prime like like. They have to get a bomb out of the city, or else thousands will die. More on that in a second. Optimus Prime shows up, and he like he 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 shoots water. He has like a like a fire hydrant because he's like part fire truck, and he shoots water at Skybite, the Sharkticon, or wherever the fuck it's called, and he shoots him and the bomb off the stratosphere, like like way out in the space, and then the bomb explodes, and the bomb an explosion for this bomb, I kid you not, lights up. Paris. It is what? so when he says when they say that thousands die, I'm like, you really underscored that number. <laughs> That's a huge explosion. That's millions. That was the sun. That yeah. was the sun explosion. We do need to move on, but like like let's just sum it up. This show is shit. But shit. I would actually say because the episodes are on YouTube, I got some genuine laughs out of how incompetent it was. Oh, so did I. I'm like, so oh my look God. up at least the first episode or two. You'll see all the shitty editing and animation guffs and writing and tropes. And uh, this is for, this show is forgotten for a reason. The, oh, it's but uh, let's it's briefly bad. move on to 
the next show, which is also an anime, and uh, I, me and Patrick, this is one of our biggest disappointments as well because this was the first show, big show we were aware of since Beast Wars. It was airing on Toonami, highly uh, promoted, Transformers Armada. So we tuned in for the premiere oh, two-parter, no. and we're like, oh no, Transformers Armada, the one with the. That's the when they went. That's when they went full Pokemon. Yeah, there. yeah, the minicons. Yeah. We gotta collect all the yeah. minicons and make the most of the show about these three obnoxious, bland kids. Mm-hmm. The, the main kid is named Rad. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, it opens up and he's they're like on a bike and a scooter and a skateboard, and then the minicons turn into mini like skateboard and that's and. Um, oh. No. The, the, the two funny things I just want to say briefly. One, they have basically a bulk and squall equivalent, only with zero percent of the charm. But yeah. when the fat one started talking, I went, "Holy shit! It's Eddie no. from Ed, Ed and Eddie." Yeah. <laughs> only it, it's like he's double D now. He's so like insecure. He has a line like, "My therapist says I don't have to take that from you." Uh, it's nuts. And two. I'll also give them one thing. The, the robot designs in this are better than um, robots in disguise. Okay. I actually really like what they did with Megatron. They gave him these like stag beetle looking horns, mm-hmm. uh, which robot disguise kind of did, but it was more frilly and just weird looking. Megatron, this does look badass, and they got um, they got David K back. Thankfully, see where, see where I'm at with Armada because I mean I, I was kind of I was kind of it came out when I was when I was just getting into college. So I, I, honestly, I was kind of excited about it. I was still in high um, school, <laughs> and I saw the, well, I saw the first episode. And I thought the first episode had some had some pretty okay animation, especially when Megatron and Optimus decided the to the animation isn't it out. too bad. I think the, the human designs are very bland. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so I'm watching. I'm like, all right, not bad. They're obviously pulling the Pokemon thing. I don't mind it. I like this Megatron. That's fine. Um, and then the second episode happens, and per the rule for early anime. When the first episode has very strong animation and the second episode don't, whew, man, it takes a dive. <laughs> and it's, Meg- it's not any good writing to back it up. Megatron gets it gets one of those mini fuckers or Mini-cons. whatever. Yeah, he puts it Mini-cons. on his yeah, he puts it on his his arm and he gets like a bigger gun. And he's and he's like, yeah, and he starts like firing an optimus and he's like rolling backwards and like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. And then he falls backwards. In a span of less than two frames, he just goes backwards, <laughs> and he's like firing on the ground as he's still going backwards. So I'm like, "Holy shit, that didn't last long at all!" Wow, Armada was not good. I gave up on it real quick. And the really crazy thing is, it got two sequel series. Yes, um, it did. Yes, Energon it did. and something else. Basically, it formed a, a whole trilogy of shows, and the the sequel shows, in a way, they looked worse because they made all the Transformers self-stated CG, uh, and they did not execute it very well. You know, no. that's that's kind of my issue with the new Transformers. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get right now, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. So, yeah. moving on, um, there's also so after that, I think this was the first show to happen after the Bayformer series started and made the series kind of big again, and that is Transformers Animated, which I believe ran on Kid WB. Um, this is an interesting one because. The animated is no joke. The art style in this is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. The it's, robots it's, it's, and humans alike are super cartoony and stylized and lanky and yeah. angular. When, um, I, when I saw when I saw Optimus, honestly, I wasn't a kid when this came out. Obviously, I was I, I was like in my early twenties when that came out. Same. But looking at those character designs, I was not a fan of them. It's, and they were, it, they were it, very. It, it felt like that. It, they were very streamlined, but 
almost but not quite Bruce Tim. I so, like the human designs. They're very expressive. I don't think it's too true. Optimus looks weird in this show, especially really especially because I've never liked when they've given him a mouth. I think a character mm. generally look more badass if they have like a face mask or plate like he normally does. And mm. both the mouth combined with this design does not suit him very well. Also, uh, David K. This is the one time where he voiced Optimus instead of uh, uh, Megatron, and he is not as okay. good as Peter Cullen. Yeah, no, uh, it's and they do some. They, Optimus in this is kind of more. He's less of like a veteran hero, more for rookie up and coming. Which mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but actually, the voice acting in general is very good. Uh, a lot of veteran beings do this. Like uh, Tom Kenny is Starscream, so he sounds like an evil SpongeBob. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Bennett, who's sort of some stuff, is like that police chief and one of the uh, proper Autobots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Summers, kind of the new Spider Decepticon, and Tara yeah. Strong is the one kid in this who seems better than the kids from the first two shows we talked about. Though the two episodes still don't let me know, let me know how how much I'd like her overall, but they have some good moments with her. Like, she sneaks into Bumblebee when they're going to an underwater base, and she's like, so, will I be able to breathe down here? And he goes, sure. What's breathe mean? Um, There's there's some good jokes in it, and, like, it seems like there's a decent foundation being being set up, and apparently one of the reasons that the show looks the way it does, uh, you can thank Felipe from Generation Animation for cluing me in on this. Uh, One of the main producers and, like, art directors for this was, he worked on Teen Titans, which Mm -hmm. you can kind of get that vibe with the humans in particular, and he also created uh, Super Robot Team Monkey, whatever, Monkey Force. Yeah, Um, okay, yeah. And he also more recently worked on the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles, which I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he does kind of have, have he he has a visual identity in the kind of stuff he works on. I feel, and mm-hmm. this it I don't think it looks bad on its own, but it is such a very odd fit for Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the yeah. show itself seems all right. Yeah, um, here here's the weird here's the thing about me and Transformers. It's that, and, and I think this is, goes along the lines of how Michael Bay kind of um, approaches his films. Because when I watch any when I, when I watch anything that's based in you know uber fantasy or uh, so ridiculous that it, it that it, there's no way it could be possible, but that's why it's fun. Transformers I really couldn't get into as uh, uh, as they were after Beast Wars and Beast Machines because mm-hmm. it never felt like they were taking uh, the narrative wasn't being taken seriously. Yeah, it's sci-fi. Anim- yeah, either through animation or either through. Uh, the action, or even the entire narrative, I didn't feel like that the show w- uh, that the shows like you know uh, Armada or Energon or even where we're at now with Transform oh, not where we're at now, but even with uh, what we're talking about now with uh, Transformers animated, it came off to me as pandering toy nonsense, which yes. is you know that's what cartoons are made of. <laughs> I, I feel like you'd be a little bit harsh on this. The last two shows we talked about, those are pandering toy nonsense. Uh, 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 well, that's that's the vibe I got. From okay. Transformers There's, being this is robots, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying uh, it didn't make not, me cringe. Yeah, that's Transformers the company yeah, as a whole. As as a whole, the entire franchise itself is. Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't dive? Why didn't take a giant swan dive yes. into it like I did with, oh, we say Pokemon or anything else? Is because I didn't feel the sense of uh, that this is a thing that you can really be a part of. Mm. That was me at the time. Yeah. Uh, the sh- um, but after animated. Is when I started to take another second okay. look. Do you, are we ready to I'm tackle ready. Prime? I'm yeah. ready to tackle Prime. All right, guys. I think we might be on the same book. This this was far away the best one I watched of these. Prime. Prime. Prime was amazing. Prime this was is one of my dip. favorites. It's crazy because it's been on Netflix for a couple of years, and I remember I watched the first episode like two years ago and was very underwhelmed by it. Yeah. So, but yeah. then I watched it in the first episode. I was like, 
I must have been having a shitty day. This is yeah, real, yeah. there's a lot of effort put into there, this. There's a lot of good characterization in Transformers Prime. Yes, even the humans. And and, and 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 one of the things which I think you would enjoy is that one of the references that they pulled from Transformers for Transformers Prime is the relationship between the humans and the robots from Iron Giant. And really? I actually I actually felt that yeah. in the first couple of yeah, episodes. Yeah. And well, even though uh, even though human having human characters is always a detriment to the Transformers franchise, I kind of wish there were more of them, even though a lot of people didn't like It doesn't feel like a detriment character. here. They did it yeah. right. Um, yeah, I, I felt like absolutely. they did, yeah. Also, the show looks great. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously just the visual quality in general is a step up from Beast, Beast Wars, but the designs are good. The robots yeah. are, and humans are really emotive. There's a good detail, good action choreography. There's, there's great um, acting. There's great choreography. The action scenes were amazing. Mm-hmm. There, were, yeah. there was good, great, great camera work and Good jokes, good timing, else. good setup. Also, this mm-hmm. show is probably the most violent of the ones we watched because yes. in the first episode Starscream on screen impales this captured Autobot he bleeds yes. out and dies and then the next episode because I guess the idea is they realize Dark Energon can revive the dead but only as like mm-hmm. zombie like so they revive this guy again only to cut him in half like he doesn't yeah. stick around they kill they, they bring him back to kill him again yeah. um, and I was like wow I mean obviously the censors are like well it's not human so go ahead but it's like th- these are still yeah. living these- things so are, it's, it's are, fucked up what this guy goes through. These aren't human beings. These are characters. These are living things yes. that are being sliced open and mutilated. Yes. They are, yes. they that's, are, how, that's how I felt. They are still job. characters people care about because I've heard so many horror stories about people who were traumatized when Optimus died in the original mm-hmm. animated movie. Like you, Fans of Transformers do love these robots. Because mm-hmm. um, there, there have been times when I'm watching Transformers renditions and – you know, both sides are shooting at each other with these taser guns. And I'm like, what are y'all shooting for? Like, you're both made of metal. The tasers are just bouncing off of you. Like, <laughs> in, there's no well, point in, in the shooting at each the other. The Optimus Prime death, he dies from lasers to the chest. So in some versions, they actually have effect. But it, it, in most it, shows, it, it's the Stormtrooper effect. Like, can't kill anyone, can't get hurt. Yeah, and for, yeah. for the most part, whenever characters have guns, uh, when the show isn't taking itself too seriously, then the guns are there just to, just to show that we're shooting you, right. we're putting, we're making the first offense. And they even do this in the new and um, in, in robots in disguise. Yes. And I'm like, you don't need those. You don't okay. need those. But when we get to when we come back to Prime, and there's a point where Optimus and Megatron, and God, I love those two in this show. Yes, they do. Peter Collin and Frank Walker back. Yeah, when when when. Peter Cullen and Frank Welker are just duking it out, and you see Prime just beating the shit out of Megatron. You see Dark Energon symbolizes blood coming out of yeah. Megatron, yeah. And, and that shit is awesome. Yeah. And uh, this is—is is this the first one we're talking about that has Peter Cullen? Because that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is the only yes. one. Um, that's, that's Prime has the original um, Peter Cullen is- and. And Frank Welker in it. That man is irreplaceable. I feel Peter Cullen. Like, there's a reason. Like, he's such hero worship among fans. That's such a good yeah. voice for and that show. Optimuses. And this show. I mean, it, um, some of the things that it pulls off with Megatron and um, and and Starscream. Not not Starscream. I love that they touch awesome. in, in the first in the movie. They talk about they used to be allies, and the war yeah. like corrupted him. That's a great angle to take with yeah. Megatron. That if there's a tragedy to him. This this show was made for G1 fans. I can tell because they definitely went back into like. The backstory of how the lore, the, yeah, the lore, yeah. what it means to be a prime, yeah. and what Megatron, uh, how big a threat Megatron is. Like, not only is he the undisputed king of Decepticons, but he's probably one of the most powerful Transformers there. Prime gave purpose to all of the Wikipedia research I did <laughs> for this podcast. Like, yeah. like I was like, 
I'm reading all of this lore and everything, and then I'm watching the show, and I'm like, everything I just read, pages upon pages of Wikipedia and Google is useless when I'm watching all of these trends, except for Prime mm-hmm. and uh, like the good shows that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's just like now they're actually using the lore and using all of this story plot that right. I also want to touch show. on why this. I think this is the best show to hand in terms of handling humans, the Transformers. Uh, mm-hmm. One, the three kids are capable, not annoying, and they're distinct. I love the fact that the main one, uh, Jack. His initial response is not to be like, this is radical. I want to do this. He's like, I'm just going to go home and forget about all this yes, right. and play yeah, it safe. And they're like, no, it doesn't work response. like that. Um, and, and then the, 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 the little the little geeky kid uh, who Ra- uh, is bonding with, he's bonding with Bumblebee and able to help them with their technology. And then what's the girl, Miko? Yeah. She's now, the, a lot of people did not like her. I liked I'm her in the premiere. People. I, I, I actually liked her because of how well she fit with Bulkhead. Now, she can be loud and obnoxious and annoying. And I, I do felt I do feel that the show kind of needed that at some point, but I can also a lot of G1 fans did not like her because there was another female human girl uh, back in the old series who actually went to MIT or went to college or whatever fuck. And I'm like, yeah, but she was still boring. Um, <laughs> I, I love the fact that her the reason she gets involved because Jack and the geeky kid got like you know attacked head on, but hers is that she just sees him in the corner in a, an alley talking to RC and she just sneaks up and goes, say yes, go with her, and I'll come yeah. too. Yeah, um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there are times when I'm just like, I'm going to need you to shut up for just a second. Yeah, probably so, later. So the, so, the, so the transforming robots can actually fight. Also, also, it's a minor, it's more minor character, but the, the government agent who's, uh, you know, keeping tabs yeah. on them. That is handled so much better than the Bay movies where he just has these mustache twirling agents like, we need you to shut down. This guy is more about actually taking responsibility and being like, you need to help have us get involved with this too. You need to open up to us. Yeah. And do you know who voiced him? Who voiced him? I could not place it, so I looked it up. That is Ernie Hudson. That's Ernie Hudson? Yeah. Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Yeah, Winston. No way. That is yeah. him. Yeah, he's still around. Holy shit. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't cool. place I it, so I was that. like, is, for a second I thought it sounded like Keith David, but I was like, I don't know. But then, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Winston. Good. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, hold on. There is this point in Transformers Prime, and I think it's around second or third season, when um, the, um, the, main, the main human character, Jack, his mom, is told the secret of the Autobots and their existence, and she actually comes to their base. And uh, she meets Optimus, and she's like, uh, 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 she's like overwhelmed with all this all amazing, with this amazing world that Jack's now gotten right. into. And she turns to Jack, and she's like, Jack, if you know that I'm going to be, uh, and if you know, if I knew that I was going to be here, I would have worn something a little, um, a little nicer. And I'm like, what? Are you attracted to Optimus Prime? And seeing that scene, I know for a fact that every fangirl of Transformers felt that and high five collectively. Because that <laughs> scene was great. That uh, whole scene was like, oh, wow, okay. That voice is awesome. Yeah. It um, was, uh, it, uh, there, there, there are a lot of small but very important things that Prime mm-hmm. does that a lot of a lot of the old Transformer shows don't really do. And it's not yeah. just about the violence that is super no, cool, it's the writing. super wacky. It's the writing. Yes. It's the way that the characters are portrayed and how they deal with each other. Just when... This is another Wait. one, like I was saying, like Beast Wars, like just, just a true sense of effort uh, with the way it's written, the way it's acted, the way it's yeah. animated. Just uh, well, it's, this kind of spoiled me on Transformers cartoons, I feel, because this is just yeah. far and away the best one. Honestly, after watching Prime, I have no need for Michael Bay uh, for Michael Bay Transformers. Not at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Like there's a point where 
Optimus Prime and Megatron. They have long monologues throughout mm-hmm. this entire show. And you can really see that as corny. But it's when you're hearing all the other characters uh, mingle or fight or combat one another, it doesn't um, – you get a sense of scale, but you don't get the sense of purpose of what this war truly encompasses. Yeah. The movies Prime, lack purpose behind its action. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It gives you the scale like – Look at this giant yeah. orb. It's giving you spectacle, but nothing to back it up. Yeah. Um, and actually, there is one thing about in, in Prime that I blame the movies for. Whose idea was it that Bumblebee shouldn't talk? Yeah, that was a bad choice. Um, uh, really bad choice. <laughs> yeah, which I, I, uh, which are time frame, but that actually ties into uh, the last story we're going to talk about, um, the mm-hmm. 2015 ongoing Robots in Disguise, which is apparently a sequel to this show. Mm-hmm. Only one to not have Optimus as a main character because I guess he dies at the end of Prime. Yeah, there's like they're, they're going by a memorial of him, but his ghost is speaking to Bumblebee, who's the main character, can thankfully talk, and is voiced by Will Friedle, which I appreciate. But uh, this show is is a mixed bag. One thing I'll say, Starf, it looks strange. Oh, um, you're talking you're talking about the newest one, the current two, two, Robots in the Skies. It's on Netflix. <sighs> yeah, I don't dislike it, but um, what the way it looks, one, it's the characters are all now cell shaded and given like lower frame rates, which I never like when they're trying to do cell shading. But the environments are all they appear to be hand painted backgrounds, which is kind of yeah. neat, but. Well, um, when we looked at the backgrounds, well, me, me and Serena are watching Robots in Disguise 2015 uh-huh. earlier today. Um, one of the things that kind of jumped out on us um, was these two-dimensional, uh, these 2D painted backgrounds. Yeah, it's interesting. They look good. When, and, and you know what? That works in some cases, but in other cases, uh, all right, here's a case where it worked. Um, uh, Bumblebee fighting a Shardacon robot where you have nothing but blue sky and clouds and a little bit of the background of the ship that they're fighting on. Uh, it's okay because you get a sense of composition. You get a mm-hmm. sense. You get a clear silhouette of Bumblebee. You get uh, a nice shot of the Shardacon in the foreground. And not only that, but the sky is clear. You're, you're able to read the shot and see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But there are times when the camera is super close on a robot and the robots are in the forest. They're on be- the ground. They're on the ground, but the 2d leaves in the background you can obviously see creases in, in like in the background like i'm not sure if that's artifacting or whether or not that's just deaf um deaf of field coming up but it looks sloppy uh when they're when you're up against some complications going there, on i also don't things like in the in the image mm-hmm. that aren't moving yeah because it's, it's a still image mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden you got these moving robots that supposedly w- with this moving camera and the background should be moving, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also there's... don't like the uh, character design as much. The robots all this n- kind of very samey looking faces now. They kind of uh, do. Humans yeah. look kind of bland too. Um, actual animation is not bad other than the technical issues to mention. Voice acting is pretty good. Well... I think I'll, I think the show is generally competent outside of some weird art decisions, but after Prime, this feels a lot more standard. Th- this seems like a bit of a step back it where does. you're not taking it quite as seriously as how Prime took itself, which, you know, okay, you can do that. But there are points where I'm just like, you guys are getting too goofy for your own good. Uh, <laughs> with, oh, can we go there? Uh, hold on. I, I forgot my I forgot my, my overall point. But uh, I think we can. Okay. There, there's a point where, again, Bumblebee is fighting a Shardacon robot. A lot of these Decepticons, they're having their logos like placed haphazardly like all, all around their, their body. body. Mm-hmm. The shark robot, mind you, is suffering from... Bat nipple syndrome, where he has the Decepticon logos on, on his, his nipples. nipples. 
Wait, where his nipples would be, or does he have nipples with the logos on top? Where his nipples would be. He has deceptive nipples, and he's just running around. Yeah. Yeah. He's just running around like, like, like I am the king of this, or some uh, some terrible Australian accent that I'm trying to pull off. Crikey. He's like, I am the king of the sea, and this is my water. It comes off as Texan or whatever. I was going to say, you're from Texas? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm staring, I'm staring, I'm like, you got logos on your nipples, man. I'm not sure how, <laughs> I'm not sure how seriously I should take yeah. you at the moment. But, but the scene happens, and, and I'll pass this off. The scene happens, Bumblebee is fighting this shark Decepticon, uh, some oil slicks. So oil is on the floor. They're oil skiing. You have an Aussie shark with Decepta nipples. There was one other point. He's, there's dubstep playing in the background. Dubstep <laughs> playing in the background. Okay. It was just like there was so many things happening at us. <laughs> we were like, I'm shutting off. It, yeah. this is, we're done. It's, we're it's, done. It's, it is funny though. I'd still say this show, I didn't view it as terrible but more mediocre no, it is the most blah of all okay it, maybe later it, on but it is the most blah to me of all the shows we've discussed like the animes were the animes were terrible animated was uh uneven for me and then beast wars and uh prime were easily the best so this is just there's so few peaks and valleys in it it just there was, this show took a a few surprising step steps back from prime and, yeah. I, and I say that because prime, prime did this too where they had a, a human character and it took and it it took a while for these amazing, crazy, but radical things happening to these kids, but don't tell your parents. And then they finally told their parents. Robots in the Sky 2015, they tell the parent like right away. Like, I like that. These are, ro- yeah, these are robots coming at us. I like that. But, but mind you, the scale of these robots, uh, the fact that these robots are here and they're here to cause some like serious damage. That kind of weight doesn't come across in the show. It is a it's much lighter like, toned show. There's nothing like the these are talking about. This is just definitely. kind of vanilla. Now, I, I do give it. I do, do give this show credit for playing against that trope because you know I am so fucking tired. I was tired of it in Prime. I was tired of it in Troll Hunters. So it's a bit of it's it's a little refreshing. I give it, it credit for making a Transformer show without Optimus. Yeah. Uh, well, Very he, true. well, he comes well. back later. I'm guessing. Well, he comes even the back original show did. Even the original show resurrected him because of all the backlash from the movie. He comes back in the second episode. So, oh, and <laughs> never uh, mind. There, there, there are some. There's some really dumb writing in this show. Okay, like, he's still the, a ghost the, in the first episode. There's some. There's some good quips here and there. Like some. Some lines got a genuine. I like the uh, little. Uh, the tech robot who crash lands on Earth and just sends him a success signal and then starts fanboying over them. Like yeah. Them. Yeah, his name is Fix It or something. Yeah. The, yeah. the orange guy. Yeah. Yes, little wheel uh, leg. Yeah, there there are some good lines in, in the show. I thought show. he was a child bumblebee. Yeah. Uh, that Again, I don't think this of... show is terrible. It's just bland. Yeah. Uh, there's a point. Okay. So to help with the blandness, so we're talking about human characters. How human characters get in a way that they shouldn't really be in a Transformer show. My deal with human characters is that if you're going to have a kid, a kid should act like a human and not like dad you're so uncool man my dad is lame and this kid in robots in disguise who i think is voiced by ang from last airbender yeah and he does a good job um this oh. kid is that cliche yeah where it's like he has a dad who's super excited about his job who's always there or, or at least from what we've seen is always there for his son cooks some breakfast yeah loves him to death yeah and this kid is like Ugh, but I'm in a junkyard working with my dad. Oh, so he just comes Ugh. off as a shit. 
yeah. yeah. And then it's, and then like a radical cool car show up and, oh, and he's like, wow, this car it can transform and it's actually a real person. You're way better than my dad. Yeah, maybe I should go. Maybe I should go save my dad. I guess I'm like, God, I hate you, kid. I hate that cliche so much. But there, there is only so um, there is only so many things you can do with that. And I would like it more if that kind of emotion was motivated. Because yeah. if his dad was like, oh, I don't know, kind of disrespectful to him, but still kind of loves him in his own shitty way, then I could feel that way. Yeah. But there's, uh, but the, but his dad literally gives him a breakfast of sunny side up eggs with a smiley yeah. shaped bacon, and the kid's like, ugh. And turns the literally turns genuinely like one upside down. down. Yeah, he turns the bacon upside down. I'm like, you piece of shit. He loves you. What's <laughs> oh, wrong with you? <laughs> spoiled. Spoiled. Um, I guess this is a good time to start wrapping things up. But yeah. uh, So I, I'll just go real quick through everything we discussed. The 2001 Robots in Skies may be so bad it's good. Armada yeah. I do not like. Uh, yeah. Robots in Skies current one is meh. Uh, animated it is kind of peaks and valleys from what I've seen. But Beast Wars and Prime I think are definitely worth checking out. Cause, especially because Prime's all on Netflix. So. I don't know. Robots in the Skies 2015 has the dub-stepping Aussie shark robot skiing. When you say it like that. When you say it like that, of course point. you gotta watch it. That, that's on Netflix point. too, so it's not like that it will cost That needs to be in the, in the meeting notes. Oh my god. What does... <laughs> Deceptive nipples? Yes. Maybe that should be the screen crap. So the, 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 crap, the uh, image for the episode. Lines. Thumbnail. With speed lines. With speed lines. The speed lines. The speed lines from uh, from anime. Oh. I mean, the, the uh, just to just to kind of paint the picture of how bad this scene was. It happened three times, <laughs> and each of the three times, this Aussie shark, deceptive nipples, skiing on oil. Happened three times for five seconds each time. So it's 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 copying from the first robots in the skies, where it's like a, the shot of the kid in the truck just staring three times. Oh, oh, let's get back to the robots in the skies bit really quick because these robots are clearly transforming oh into cars. Oh my god, that was my point earlier. Okay, okay, okay. sorry. Okay, last thing I promise. Okay, okay. So the title is Robots in Disguise. The first scene is Bumblebee and his partner in Cybertron. Right. Fine. Okay. Why are you in disguise? <laughs> Who are you hiding from if all of your peers on your home planet are like you? Now, this Wait, is... Well, wouldn't this, the cars be faster? Yeah, the cars should be faster. Um, they're not being in disguise cars. yet. They're in disguise on Earth. They're in disguise on Earth, but they're still rolling around on cars. That's the kind of uh, wonky uh, disbelief that you kind of have to yeah. put yourself into for Transformers. But when they get to Earth, they obviously transform into cars and they scan each car and become Which like... Are, the cars are ginormous. The cars are ginormous. But here, here's here's another caveat for you. So, there's this one red car. I forget his name. Sideswipe, I guess. Sideswipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, 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 I refer to him as... Have, it, have either of you ever played Ace Attorney? Uh, I heard. I know of Ace Attorney, so his, I know what you're getting at. Ha- "Quote unquote" hair is just like Larry Butts. Yeah, I'm like, why do you have anime hair? You, oh my, objection! Um, <laughs> it's still better than the than the 2001 anime. Yes, it yes it is. Anything but, is pretty um, much. Th- yeah. So uh, he scans a car. Uh, no, he doesn't even get to that point. We're not even at the point where he scans a car. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So he he um, before he even scans a car and becomes like a true car. He and little brat kid are running through the forest and trying to avoid this this big bad uh, uh, country um, country talking Decepticon, and the red car like 
transforms into a Cybertronian car and he opens his door and he's like, get in. And the kid gets in, gets into a seat, a human shaped seat and puts on a seatbelt. Who needs that on Cybertron? <laughs> they just came from Cybertron. So you would still have your Cybertron model car. There are that. no humans there. There are I love no that humans you guys have had so much to say about this show that just came off as like a nothing show to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, 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 we're, we're aspiring writers, so we're right, like, right. thinking about this like, where is the lore should make sense here? Who, what human is on Cybertron where you need to buckle them in? Because yeah. the 10 Let's... minutes prior to that, they made a joke that was like, the kid was like, oh, my dad is in danger. And they were like, oh, no. What's a dad? It, so they kept the lore there, <laughs> but they didn't keep the lore with seat not belts. needing a seat or a seatbelt. <laughs> are Transformers, are there any baby Transformers in Cybertron? Or are they all? That was my confusion with, with Fix-It because my understanding when I saw it, I didn't know his name was Fix-It. I was like, why is there a child Bumblebee? Why are, <laughs> yeah. Do robots grow up? <laughs> I, they can get upgrades, they, I don't know. They're, they're, <laughs> that, that's... This is a uh, that that's usually my stopping point where I have to go like okay I'm gonna think around this yeah, and just enjoy yeah. the show <laughs> detour yeah um, we we but, do need to start wrapping things up though we're reaching oh, the uh, time yeah, we were yeah, aiming yeah. for but, but uh, yeah but two, uh, robots in the sky is 2015 it's it's not bad it's no. gonna take me a little while to get into but it's yeah it's got we, both, awesome. we all three of us go, one, one more time Tyron it is the kitty version of Prime I mean yeah. like it it is. Like, I hate to make this comparison because it, it makes me cringe thinking about it. But if Prime was, like, almost adult swimish, Robots in Disguise would be the 4Kids TV version of that. Ooh. Or ooh, or how about uh, – that might be that might be too harsh. I think it might be – Fox Kids TV? No, Maguzi. Pat. Does anyone remember Maguzi? I remember Maguzi, yeah. Totally to- spies. Code to- Leo. We're, we're, I'll take that. We're, I'll take that. Yeah, Toonami had like a, a offshoot kitty version. Yeah, yeah. it was Toonami yeah. Jr. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just re quick recap. Definitely watch Beast Wars and Prime. Um, mm-hmm. And the others, seek out what you want based on what we've said about each one. I would, yes. I would watch I would watch Beast Machines than these other ones, honestly. But yeah, then Beast Machines seemed, seemed interesting from what, from what I saw. Yeah. We just didn't have much time to talk about it. But yeah. uh, to another wrapping things up, um, Tyrone, since you mentioned uh, Elements Light, where can they find it and you on social media if they want to learn more? Um, you can tweet me at Tyrone Hydraulic, T-Y-R-O-N-E-H-Y-D-R-A-U-L-I-C. Um, you can search me on Facebook, Tyrone Selby. And the comic you can find um, on Facebook, Elements of Light, Twitter, Elements of Light. And you can actually find the webcomic itself eolcomic.blogspot.com Cool. Chris, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Christoph the Wade. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Christopher Wade. I got a very happy uh, um, uh, avatar. We that, joked about it. The happy yes, black guy cartoon the, show. The happy, the happy cartoon black guy avatar. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I will also also be putting a link to the animatic of my film, The Will of Monsters. On um, over, I'll be sending it over to John so he can post it up um, right next to this uh, video or in the audio. Shadows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely send that. Watch that, people. It's really cool. Uh, as for myself, you can find me on 
Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube mainly under all in the same username, Behonkis, B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. Uh, I also run the show, this show's uh, Twitter account at at sketchwatchplay one word same thing on, on facebook um you I, I, I have, i've started toying with the idea of posting bonus images uh an alternate thumbnail i'll never use for our final fantasy 15 episode which is uh an image of gladiolus with the caption uncle daddy boyfriend was just put up and i'm sure someday i'll do holographic wife uh images but chris just for the record uh you're free to come up with some recurring joke about me as well as payback um though again yeah. I blame Colin for starting that whole kerfuffle. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be sure to. Before we go, I should definitely talk about our next episode. Um, I've I've talked. I had a phone call with Chris a couple weeks ago. We did, we just brainstormed about a bunch of things we could talk about. And I'm a big lover of So Bad It's Good, kind of like we talked about with that first Transformers anime, and also Guilty Pleasures, like something that is just I know is bad, but I still mm-hmm. fa- I find fascinating. Um, so get we ready going, for. We are going to talk about one of the more infamous uh, Hollywood adaptations out there. We are tackling the 1993 classic Super Mario Brothers. Bob Hoskins, oh. Dennis Hopper, Sean oh. Leguizamo, and a bunch of nonsense. Failed me for the last time again, Starscream. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lord Megan. It was so trippy when I heard Steve Bloom playing uh, Starscream in Prime 2. Oh, man. You what, could hear, Star- like, Amon and Spike Spiegel in there. Star Starscream is literally one of the best things about Prime. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk Super Mario Brothers, and we'll see what kind of opening stuff we have. Uh, that's going to be quite entertaining. Um, but uh, thanks to everyone who was patient with us during our little hiatus. We'll try and get back to the biweekly schedule. Don't don't be surprised if we skip a week or so. But hey, we we do what we can. But uh, I am John Flurry. I'm Christopher Wade. I'm Tyrone. And transform and roll out. Um, I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said that so unenthusiastically. I just improv'd it. Oh, it's okay. It's all good. Later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>